This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. If if I if I if I what if I mess up my intro, I think I've, <laughs> I think I've ever done that. Sorry. I mean, it's weird. Weird Sorry. to suggest I might. Sorry mess up some intro so i'm just about to do the intro um which um you know i mean especially i've done that really good thing which is when i've ne- when i haven't written the intro because you know off the cuff is always best with me isn't it i don't i tend not to make any mistakes when i do the this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport powered by fans alexa Play Back of the Nest podcast. Playing Back of the Nest, CPFC podcast, from Amazon Music. Back of the Nest, now on your Alexa device and Amazon Music. Hello and welcome to the Back of the Nest match report. I'm Chris Hambling and today I'm joined by Cara and Patrick as we look back at Palace's narrow 1-0 defeat against Arsenal at Selhurst Park on Monday night. So, it, it, it worked. I, I did it all right, first time. Um... Um, I don't know what to do now. I've derailed myself, <laughs> and it's almost we almost need to start least, the whole thing again. We started in at least ten minutes for you to do that. Now, what do we do with that time? Yeah, um, I'm not sure. We'll have to speak really slowly and deliberately, um, and then the show will be long enough. Um, in Venice, it's not going to be a long show. <laughs> it's not. Too much to really talk about because I've seen some key moments in the game. But um, before we get onto that, Cara, first show of the season. How's pre-season been for you? You feel physically fit and up for the up to start this particular recording? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I've moved country. I've started mm-hmm. a new job, um, and I've started weightlifting. So for the physical side, I feel like I'm ready to go through however long this podcast might be. Um, yeah, so quiet one, really. Nice off-season yeah. chill. Yeah. Can I say, sorry, I, I, we didn't mean to impose all of those conditions on you staying around for a second season. We didn't think you'd do them all, but you did. Uh, we, try, we try to keep people on their toes, and Cara has just gone above and beyond. Um, moving country one, I didn't think anybody would do, but, you you know, you, you did it. So, yeah. um, no, I'd like congrats. to be a trailblazer, so, yeah, yeah, why not? Yeah, well, exactly. And um, it is important to be in top physical condition for back of the nest as everybody knows um i've always i've always led by example there patrick haven't i 100 percent. yeah yeah how about you patrick you, you've been on probably a little bit more than cara in terms of oh, shows I need to rub it in that quickly it's only been three minutes <laughs> <laughs> just a just a I'm more lightly teasing patrick for his uh general yeah. availability and enthusiasm as they say yeah that yeah, um, that's that's i'm good I'm good. Um, doing some YouTube shows. I've done the uh, preview now, review, preview, then review. And I'm actually very heavy into golf now. So I just came back from a trip to Vermont and I'm heading to Missouri next week for another golf trip. So looking forward to it. Oh, wow. You lost yeah. me a little bit in the golf when you got far, far, far too good. And, um, you know, <laughs> it, beca- it became sort of alienating for somebody like me i haven't picked the clubs up in in probably five years um and i'm not even sure which end to hit with now so there you go uh, anyway 
Uh, great to have both of you with me today uh, as we look back at uh, what was a disappointing result. And we'll, you know, we'll talk about our feelings. I felt one way after the game, I've maybe had a bit of a chance to reflect and perhaps don't feel quite as uh, as frustrated as I as I was, but still some frustrations in there as well as some some good stuff too. And I have to say, a lot of the comments that came out after the game from particularly from from Roy Hodgson. Um, I thought told it told its own story, and we'll certainly cover that throughout the course of this podcast. But before we do that, just a couple of bits of news from around the Palace sphere. Um, I don't like how I pronounce the word sphere. There, um, can I apologise to everybody for my pronunciation of sphere? It's just sphere. You don't have to go sphere. Um, just sphere. I don't even know why I use the word sphere. Say it five times and see how it comes out. Sphere, 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 sphere. Is that five? Back on track. Yeah, I wasn't counting. I don't know. Back on track. Yeah. Thanks. Cool. It's appreciated. Um, okay. I'm going to use that technique every time I mispronounce a word. <clears throat> right. <laughs> so the first bit of news was that the Academy have signed a player called Justin Deveni from Airdrie. Um, it was reported in some areas to be 125k, which is the general compensation, I think, through uh, from, from taking someone from one academy to another, technically. Um, but he was playing first-team football for Airdrie, so not sure exactly of the deal there. Joins our under-21 squad. I don't know too much about him other than he played, I think it's was it League One for Airdrie um, in uh, sort of like the third tier, and they just got promoted to the to the Scottish Championship, I think I'm right in saying that. They did. Um, they did he's got, yeah. a good, got a good 50-odd appearances for, for someone very, very young. So interesting. We've we picked a few players up from Scotland uh, of late. Obviously, Scott Banks has just gone out on loan in Germany. He's someone we picked up, um, you know, another young st- starter playing first-team football, um, coming just out of youth team football and impressing. Um, I've forgotten the name of the lad we got last year, um, which is annoying me Dil- now. Dylan Reed, from- I think it was. Dylan, Dylan Reed, Reed, thank you. So he picked up Dylan as well. Uh, been linked with uh, a, a few others, but um, interesting signing. Don't know, as I say, much about him. Interesting to see how he impacts on the under-21 team because we've got some good midfielders in that team and around that sort of area. So, yeah, be interesting. Uh, any views on that, Patrick? My, yeah, my thoughts are that um, it's likely that we're going to be sending a couple of those players in the 21s on loan, like Wells mm-hmm. Morrison, most likely, um, possibly um, Ozo, because... I looked at the squad. I know they lost. They lost on to Reading. I guess it was Sunday. I didn't catch the game because it wasn't televised, but I heard about it. And they look very light in the midfield, so I think it's a decent signing for them. And I like the fact again we've gone to that Scotland Ireland um, market. It makes sense. I just hope that at some point we actually utilise them and not sell them off to Lyon. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I could throw it over to you, Kara. I'm not sure how keen you are, but um, but any views on Justin Deveni from Airdrie? I know you're a big fan of Airdrie. Not a clue, not a clue. But it did make you think, I, you made me think that earlier on I got a pop-up um, from Leicester Mercury. My sister lives in Leicester, so I get like the kind of local news pop-ups that Leicester City want Raksaki on loan. Mm-hmm. Is that, do we know, is that happening? No, 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 thank you. No, <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank you. Well, um, I think I a few things left to happen first, won't they? Hey. So I think a few things would have to happen first before we let him go out on loan. Um, and yeah. uh, that's a definite theme for later, I think. Um, yeah, Patrick <laughs> mentioned, obviously, under-21s losing 2-0 to Reading, played 67 minutes with 10 men because uh, Noah Watson uh, received two yellow cards. Yeah. Second was for dissent. Good old-fashioned yellow card, for, uh, second yellow card for dissent. I haven't seen one of them in a while, but, um, no. you know, it doesn't go down well with the coaches, but as a supporter, sometimes you like to see it. Uh, however, uh, not good in this case. And he was only subbed on at half time. So actually, he's managed to pick up 10 yellow cards between the 45th and 67th minute. 10 yellow cards, two yellow cards, uh, wow. leaving the team with 10 men. And, um, you know, we were 1 0 down on the stroke at half time and, and then conceded not too, not too long after that. So, um, yeah, disappointing result considering the 3 2 victory against Man United prior to that. Yeah. Um, it's really a bit of a letdown, I think. Um, the next opportunity to play is on Bank Holiday Monday, the, the 28th, um, playing at Selhurst Park against Fulham under 21s. Uh, one o'clock kickoff, you can go and watch that one. So, plenty of notice. So, get your tickets and go down and see see what we've been talking about all these weeks, weeks and that um, talented under 21 team. 
Uh, under 18s, um, completing a pretty miserable week for the for the academy sides, losing two one to Chelsea. Um, bit of a, a well, the game of two halves cliche does come out here, um, unfortunately. Probably more more than that, really. Um, one nil up at half time. Uh, Jesse Derry, who we obviously decided last week needed to be called Jerry Terry Derry, and we don't understand why that didn't happen. Um, but we'll forever call him JT. Um, he he scored his second goal of the season. Uh, it was again Zach Marsh who who broke through and forced a save from the keeper, and Derry tapped it in. But Palace had a bit of a nightmare after that, really getting through to to half time, but. And one injury in the first half and a further three injuries in the second half. Um, and Chelsea yeah. scored in the 81st minute and then the absolute sickener of scoring in the 99th minute, um, which, you know, goes to show you that um, Fergie time still exists, you know. <laughs> it's just, just somehow it's for Chelsea under 18s. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, very disappointing um, result, I'm sure. But um, still some very, very talented players in that group, and I'm sure they'll show a lot the rest of the season. But we should push on and talk about the Arsenal game. Now, we started with exactly the same lineup as we picked for the previous game. I don't think we got any surprises there, have we? I mean, Cara, I know we got two reasons for that. One, Roy likes a settled team. And two, what options realistically has he got to make significant changes, especially given that we had a clean sheet and a victory in that game? Well, yeah, and you've got a goalkeeper in no man's land and not being named in squads and uh, now Mateta in similar no man's land, it seems. Um, Hughes out injured, Elise injured. Yeah, what are you going to do? That's going to be a line-up, isn't it? So, yeah, I don't think anyone can complain too much um, with what's on offer, really. No, I mean, I have my usual doubts. I don't know if Patrick has them as well, but I, you know, I go through the list of players. I have to say, I, I wouldn't necessarily, based on the second half against Sheffield United have taken Jeffrey Schlupp out. But for me, he's the one who who really needs to work to justify his place. And, you know, spoiler alert, he didn't in this game. But what did you feel pre-game, Patrick? I mean, like you just said, I knew he wouldn't necessarily change the lineup. Um, the options are limited. But for me, they're limited in the fact that you de- sometimes you got to take a chance. So we'll talk about the game, obviously. But, you know, you saw what Raksakin and Ahamada both did in the game. They both came on, had a little excitement, a little spirit a little technical ability to the to the game that we didn't necessarily have out of our of our wide players so i think that clearly not having lisa in france is a problem and obviously not having wolf anymore but i think that um though i really like the work i, I love what jordan i did i thought schlup's position could be at some point be questioned if again he doesn't add enough going forward defensively he was fine but if a mm-hmm. the lineup goes i think that you know uh It'd be nice if, if we could take a chance on any one of our youngsters at some point. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we'll talk a bit more about it. And, you know, you're quite right. Schlupp did a very good job defensively. Um, and, and ultimately, that was the ask for a lot of the team, wasn't it? To kind of play in a restricted way, play within yourselves a little bit and then take opportunities. And, and you know, again, they're a good team. Sometimes it's hard to stomach, you know, as a as a fan. You, you look at, you feel like, why don't we go toe-to-toe? But you have to some, some also, to some degree, accept a little bit of pragmatism at times. But it's our home game. Um, and I think probably, you know, we'll talk, we'll talk in more detail, but, you know, there's things that we can pick out. You mentioned, you know, Hamada getting off the bench and Raksaki as well. And we'll, we'll talk about those, the moments those things happened in the game uh, and, and what, it, you know, what they look like. But um, I've got some comments from, from Roy we'll talk about around that and in the, and in the transfer kind of part of, of what we discuss as well, that I think are interesting, shall we say. And they, they aren't, they sort of, they give you an idea of where he is mentally. Um, but they also introduce a question or two, in my opinion. So we'll, we'll come to those shortly. Um, Mateta was reported to have a, to have said he had a sore knee. Uh, and that's why he wasn't in the game, of course, but heavily linked with a move to, I think it's Leipzig at the moment, isn't it? Um, Rumoured to have bid money for him, which if, right. if, if they have, I could see him going, you know. Um, well, you, look, you just need to remind yourself of where how he started off his journey with Palace under Roy, don't you? Like Roy's clearly not a fan, and no. it's understandable for Mateta to not be a, a fan of Roy. And it's not like he's set the the world alight for us recently. So I think probably for all parties involved, maybe a move would be the best thing, as long as yeah. we got some 
some kind of option in somewhere, but we're running out of time pretty six. We are tough, tough to find an option. And obviously um, it's got to be an option that we're going to play if we're going to spend money on them as well. And that, and that makes it even harder um, to, to see what's going to happen. Um, so look, um, we'll, we'll talk quickly about the first half. Obviously it was nil-nil at half time, And I do think it's really important that we recognise that as much as it was a, an organised, spirited display that we can take a lot of credit in, um, I, I do think that first off, we have to recognise that we probably were a little lucky. Um, I think it was Nketiah who hit the post quite early on, little toe poke through. Arguably, as he was trying to get that contact, he was being, you know, at least spiritedly held, shall we say. Uh, but he got his got a toe poke to it, hit the outside of the post and and and, and moved away. Um, and obviously, he also got through um, one-on-one with a keeper. And I'm not sure quite what he was thinking about his finish. Um, lifted it directly over the bar from a, from a couple of yards out, really. So got a little bit fortunate there. And I feel like, you know, those were the moments that Palace needed to learn from because they all really came from allowing ourselves to be pressed high up the pitch um, and just being that little bit slow with the passing and, and you know, taking that. You know, when you're being closed down, if, it, if it's going to sort of get in the way of your game, building up from the back, it's important to recognise it quickly, isn't it? And if you've got to get rid of the ball, you've got to get it upfield. You know, you need you need to do that. What you don't want to do is play a slow crossfield pass, um, and then play another slow pass, and then another slow pass until four players have penned uh, your, your defenders back in. And if I may, sort of talk about the pattern of the game a little bit there. You know, if you look at the, the highest touches in the, the Palace lineup, it was the centre backs had the most touches in the game for Palace. Um, Joachim Anderson had 85 and, and Mark Gay had 82. Uh, next nearest was was Tyreek with 67. So it gives you an idea of how much Arsenal would let our centre-backs have the ball, but press everybody else on the pitch and, and close those gaps. That's what made it hard for us. And, you know, Arsenal will do that to a lot of teams this year, so we can't be too angry about it. But at the same time, it gives you an idea of the pattern of, of the game. Uh, any any comments on on the first half either of you two I'll let whoever jumps in first go only so I didn't uh get to watch um the Sheffield United game so this was my first game back watching Palace um and I would just say it's quite predictable like I I don't know how much uh, week on week how much are we gonna be able to say watching a Roy Palace team line up in those kind of games I mean Patrick was it you that said in the whatsapp like what do you do when you've got plan a and that's fine we did plan a in the first half didn't we was it Chris was it you I replied to it though yeah I didn't reply to it yeah so so I mean the first half was plan a wasn't it It was Roy plan a and then we'll go on to the second half and see what happens when plan a doesn't work (laughs) and you're Roy what do you do um just on on that, I mean, I I totally understand, you know, where we are as a club and that we're we're lacking, you know, certain areas that uh, the pitch that aren't going to help us, you know, move the ball forward. But like watching that first half frustrated me because I understand how good Arsenal are, but I'm not, I don't I never buy into the free hit comment. I'm just sick of that whole attitude because that free hit means you're never going to progress forward. And uh, you know, the first ten minutes we were like ninety percent possession at home. No, I don't care if you're playing Barcelona. Ninety percent possession is not great. It did get better because I know it's by the 20, 28th minute, we're up to 33%. So it got better. So I understand we were trying to sit back, play the low block, try to counter. And there were chances. I mean, you had a great chance. Mm-hmm. Edward had a chance. That it was, it was, but I just feel that we showed, I think that we showed also too much respect, which was afraid to me yesterday. I watched him again today. You know, having that time to look back at it again, I understood why, you know, again, because you just noticed that we just didn't have an outlet. I mean, a lot of times Johnson just hit the ball long. And you guys didn't have him. We had Andres Townsend was the uh, co-com over here. And, you know, he knows mm-hmm. Palace really well. So he was all saying, you know, you just can't give up. You just can't put the ball in the air, give up 50-50 against Arsenal. Inevitably, you're going to lose the ball and be right back on top of you again. So I understand that, you know, we can't possess the ball like Arsenal. But it was just frustration to see us just give up possession so much. And, again, we just didn't have the quality out wide to, to hurt Arsenal. And they just didn't. They didn't fear us. The good thing was when it went down to 10 men, it totally changed. But unfortunately, you can tell the patterns of play. We just don't have that attacking impetus anyway because we just, even with a man up, we just weren't really ever really threatening uh, Arsenal again. Car said we just had plan A and then we had plan A plus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
with that counterplay as well, like it's all well and good. And we we showed in the first half, like you say, Patrick, that we can create those counter chances. But when you've not got, I say we've not got a strike on the I know we've got Edward, but like the ball just takes Edward by surprise. And when you've got a striker where the ball coming to them takes them by surprise, I just don't see how we're going to get the goals that we're going to need to get by doing that kind of real heavy defence and then hoping we're going to get one um, on the break. Like I say, you, you're surprising Edward as much as you're surprising the defence, you know? Mm. It's, an, it's an interesting point you say. You know, obviously there was the, the clear header he had when he had not, had not anticipated Ben White missing it uh, and right. it ended up perfectly on his head. And you, that, those are the moments that you kind of scream out with Edward where you're like, oh, you know, you, you're not going to win anybody over like that. But, you know, I think going back to, I mean, you think about the goal he scored against Sheffield United, you know, are you, who, who, by the way, first half was our best player, by, in my opinion, by, by some considerable distance. He gave him the ball, yeah. he, he had confident, he took people on, he worked incredibly hard getting back. You know, he, right now, it, it, you know, for, for me to say it, thinking where I was even probably a couple of seasons ago, I was just mm-hmm. done with Ayu. But, like, he's our best player now, like, offensively half the time. And, you know, I'm a massive fan of his right now because he's the one taking them, you know, taking people on and, and getting people off their seats. And, you know, and, and you, you need that. And he's taking that responsibility. And he tried to do exactly the same thing. And a couple of occasions, one in particular, was pretty close, you know, with a was a decent defensive in, intervention away from, you know, but but for that, Edward would have tapped in. He was making the right moves in the six-yard box to get on the end of what was being created. But unfortunately, what was being created wasn't quite enough. Um, and, you know, he's in there on his own. So it's quite easy to snuff those chances out. And, you know, as the game progressed, as it went down to 10 men, they just applied that approach the whole time. You know, squeeze the space, outnumber us in the penalty area and and just know that we're not going to break them down and that that's where you need the magic that's where you need an Elise and what seemingly Frank of promises and it's where you miss Zaha you know right. <laughs> those are the things that you, you we don't have this year and I think it's a shame to focus on what we don't have but but we're going to and you know and I and I want to say that in support of Hodgson this year because I do think we've gone into the season with nowhere near enough in in the front lines and he said it himself on the oh, i think it was on the palace website or in another 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 publication maybe this guy sort of he said enough if i had alise if i had franca maybe there's an argument to say that we've got enough going forward but i don't so you know it's you know you know what he's saying he, he does not have the tools to to score enough goals to to beat a team like arsenal unfortunately I want to go back real quick to the to Edward though because I, you know I've I've, had, I've been I've been critical of him in the past but I'm going to say like the first two matches I love his work rate and I love his whole play it's so much better than it has been and I really feel that that's probably you know uh, due to Hudson got to give him credit because there seems to be a change a flip in his mentality which I think is important and I think that you know Arsenal's a tough barometer to judge any of our strikers by because they're so good the interesting thing is that you look at Enketia who we've been linked with. His movement is, is incredible. It really is. I mean, that's mm. the reason why they got the goal, the reason why he was in position to score those two goals. But the finishing is is not very good. So you're talking about Arsenal do not have right now, do not have a potent striker. How are Palace going to have one? Do you know what I mean? So it, it's, it's interesting. But again, I think Edward will be fine this year. If you give him a run again, he stays fit. He gets some positions. I think he'll score goals better than he has in the past. I just think that... Um, it's just going to be tough. Like you were talking about replacing Mateta. That's all well and good, but even getting number two striker in, whoever that's going to be, it's going to be very difficult because the market is just tough there out there right now for a half decent striker, let alone a good one. Yeah, for sure. Um, no, we'll we'll talk a little bit about what happened uh, in the second half because, as I say, the first half was was a few chances for them, a couple of little sniffs for us, um, particularly on the counter, but. You know, into the second half, and you you are looking for a reaction. Again, you're not expecting any changes. There's not really anybody on the bench that you're gonna gonna chuck on. I think again, to, not to try and pick on him deliberately, but I'm gonna because it just happens. Uh, but you know, if you're gonna make one change, it's gonna gonna be Jeff. Poor, poor first half, frankly, poor second half until he was taken off. But you're probably not making that change at half time to get you know Amada Amada on, and and you know your other option, I suppose, in there is Reid Avald. Um, he could also play in in the left of midfield, and but probably is unlikely that we'll see him there anytime soon. 
So not surprised we didn't make any changes, but I wanted to, you know, I really wanted to think that we'd probably try and get a little bit more of a foothold in that game. You know, do you know some sort of reaction at half time, a couple of corrections here and there, and certainly not let Arsenal have it all their own way. And we didn't really do anything different. Um, and it really just became a chance of waiting to see what the next big chance was going to be. And I suppose it probably was, in all honesty, the, you, might, you might have a better memory than I do, but as far as my recollection is, it was the first real big moment of the second half when Arsenal got their penalty. Um, and, it, and it came from us once again, you know, being caught a little bit short with some very good movement. Um, and, you know, on first watch, when it, when it happens live, you're seeing Johnston come out and not get there. And clear contact, clear penalty, and you just think, oh, that's that's just ridiculous. You know, we've we've gone to sleep. No one's followed the kind of the striker. How can you not follow the striker? How's he got that much space? And um, frankly, we deserve this. And then you see <laughs> the replay, and you're like, oh, oh, I see. That's okay because he's just grabbed him on the on the in the penalty area. So gay, he's been sort of dragged to the ground. So that's fine. They're not going to give that. Pe- oh, they they're going to they're going to give that penalty because because uh, why why again why because we've got you know we thought of this idea of a video system to kind of check whether things were legitimate or not. Uh, Cara, can you help? no of course I can't nobody can is is that thing of like you can slow things down Mm. but then you're only looking at one part of it right and I feel like this is where this keeps this system keeps going wrong um is that it takes out the 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 kind of context of the whole movement of what's happened I don't know I, I just think now like you'll see something happen in live action as you've just described Hambo and you have one opinion of it and then, but you know what VAR is going to give us a penalty. You know what a ref is yeah. going to give us a penalty, and you know what VAR is going to give us a penalty. And and like too often, they're two different things. So, you know that that's the situation we're in. It's like it's not a surprise once you've seen it slow down. You just know what they're going to do. So, um, but I, I will go. Like, as, as annoying as that is, it's going to keep happening. And so, I think the bigger annoyance for me. And I'm going to try really hard as the weeks go on not to bring everything back to not being happy with the way the club is being run at the moment. But you just go back to the fact that where a Roy Hodgson team is going to go wrong is that something happens like you give away a penalty that, yes, there are mistakes that lead up to it, but actually you've put on a relatively decent defensive display up until that point. But in his head, that's plan A still working because it wasn't it wasn't like a defensive breakdown that caused like a penalty or so he's just going to keep going with plan A. And so then you've got a manager who's playing as if the score's still nil-nil when the score's one nil. And it only really then changes again when they get a player sent off and it doesn't really change quick enough. So I know I'm scooting over the penalty a little bit there, but like <laughs> it's not even the thing that annoys me the most about the <laughs> about the game. Yeah. You know, I, I, what, I, I, yeah. I, yeah, I absolutely know where you're coming from. And, and you know, again, you, you see that in a lot of fan reaction as well. Um, and, and again, I, I made, made sure I didn't say anything straight away on social media too much because, you know, after the game, I, I'm, I'm frustrated and I'm just thinking exactly pretty much what you said and we'll get into it in a bit, that there's things that we could have done differently and things we could have done better. And I'm trying, I'm saying to myself, look, you know, I know there's people out there saying already. So think of it this way. We played a team that was second last year. They're a really good team. Uh, you know, they they only beat us because they got a very very lucky penalty, and they should have had a penalty given against them, which we'll come to. So should I? I shouldn't be. I shouldn't be annoyed. I shouldn't be complaining and saying we should have done this and should have done that. I should. I should accept it. It's, it's one of those things that happens. Um, but yeah. But you know, the reality is, we had opportunities after this penalty went in. But. Um, Look, Patrick, we, um, we will get into that. So, but Patrick, you know, Roy Hudson said this about the penalty. He said, we paid the price for the goal, the quick free kick, where we complained that the player was going to defend the space was blocked off and not allowed to go in there. But obviously the VAR and the referee felt differently. I don't know what you do about blocking. When players are blocked off, as, as they often are from corner kicks and that sort of situation, you just have to rely on the referee to see it as a block that's allowed in the laws of the game. I don't know if you can say to any player, you must not get blocked off. 
And I think that last thing, it was a little confused, but that last thing for me is the point. You can't coach people not to be blocked. If someone grabs your player and stops them running into a space to follow an opposing player and and nobody gives it as a, as a foul, even when you have the opportunity to look at it again. And you'll go back to what you're saying, Cara, and, and Patrick, tell me if you think I'm right, because I think when they've looked at that, they're looking at the the time of the contact, like as in how long there is contact on Mark Gay before he falls over, right? Now, does is the the act of reaching out and grabbing Mark Gay enough for him to fall over? Maybe, maybe not, probably not, right? But he has to go to ground. He has to show that he's been grabbed, right? But the person in VAR is looking at it and trying to and trying to reason: is there enough contact to call that a foul? And they're not really thinking the obvious thing, which is, well, why the hell is the play? Why the hell is he being grabbed in the first place? They're thinking: is there enough con? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how much contact there is. They've forgotten the kind of point, and they're micro they're micro examining uh, something in slow motion and forgetting the purpose of the thing. Does that make sense? What I'm ranting at there? It does, and <laughs> and the, and the really strange thing is that I remember when VAR face first came into play, and the issue was the holding on corner kicks. Mm-hmm. And like for the first in that first season, I think that first week they must have given about three or four penalties, players being grabbed in the box or being blocked off, and then they realized that they were giving too many penalties, so they kind of uh, they they you know they kind of went back on that, but. Clearly, um, Partey fouls Gay here. It's clear. So, I mean, I think someone, I think it was Michael, someone might, might have made a comment. He may have exaggerated his fall to the ground, whatever. But that's not even the point. Without him being blocked off, and Ketcher does have all that space to run into, and hence doesn't have a chance to be brought down by Johnstone. So, it's just very frustrating. I mean, funny enough, Nick and I spoke on the uh, preview podcast about David Coote. And I said I didn't know who he was. I actually know who he is. I didn't know his name. He's a very, very poor referee. I mean, if I was asked, I, I could be equally offended by the fact he sent off Tommy Asi for what I consider to be two very weak yellow cards. But he definitely should have given Eze a penalty, and he could have just done that and even the game out. I think that would have been fair. But I just thought that call on on the, the non-call on Partey was, was was very poor. But again, we're only a little pilots, what you expect, right? <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, that's you can that's a thing that goes off in my head as well. Oh, we're only pilots, it doesn't matter. And I do think, like, you know, there's... There are teams that will play us in the Premier League and will have that same grievance against us, thinking that they're, <laughs> we are the recipients of big club bias. And that that, that bothers me. Yeah, there you go. So, um, but look, it, it was bizarre. And, and then obviously you move on to the the incident with Eze, you know, dancing through the defence, going between two players. And <clears throat> I have to say again, I, I understand like why it's not being given. So first and foremost, the reaction of the Arsenal players is disgusting. Um, two yeah, of them doing the dive motion at the referee. and, and oh. Because it's not a dive and they know it isn't a dive. They know it isn't because they've seen the contact. Everybody's seen the contact. The problem is that, again, you get this micro-analysis of the... Everybody, everybody and I'm just literally screaming at it because the... Everyone's talking about where the contact is on the foot. And they're like, well, he's dangled a leg out, but Eze's fallen over it. And I'm just like, what about the second before that when Rice has got his left arm across him, grabbing him by the shoulder, trying to pull him down, fails, and then does it with the other arm. And then as he sort of pushes him. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. That's when he falls over the leg. It's not a foul. It's a foul by Rice, isn't it? That's the problem. It's the, the foul by, is on Eze in, on the upper body. Like, and it's not shoulder to shoulder. He's using his arms to pull him, pull him and then push him to the ground. So that's why it's a penalty. So all this 
dangling a leg, falling over it talk that, that went on is completely missing the point. And I don't know how you do anything about that. I don't know how you kind of, you want to be able to tap somebody on the shoulder and go, yeah, feet and legs and arms <laughs> and shoulders and a torso. Yeah. All those things are in play. Check check them all and then you'll be all right. Um, you know? I, yeah, it, I just, it's either of you in any doubt that that was a penalty honestly no trying not to be biased you know you're trying to think you know no, I, I understand I, I like to think that I'm normally pretty good at being like no come on guys that, that I don't think that was and like it's, it's exactly as you've just described it but it I just it's frustrating because I don't know like other leagues don't seem to have this much of an issue with right. VAR and with these kind of decisions so it's, I don't think it is VAR's problem because VAR is used elsewhere where there aren't these issues. It's clearly something to do with the level or the type or whatever of training that referees have in this country that doesn't allow them to make these decisions properly. VAR isn't helping because the same referees with the same type of training are watching it on a slow down video. So you're going to get the same kind of outcome. I just think the whole rather than kind of VAR being under review, I think the whole way that that refereeing system in this country needs to be looked at because it's clearly just not good enough. Like we have this all the time. Every team will have these conversations on every single fan podcast across the country um, right. where these decisions are taken and they just get them wrong so often. I, you know, where do you start? Like where do you, where do you start in challenging these decisions before you just get to a point where you're like, it's so common the whole thing's just wrong so yeah. so here's the thing also on that play is that you know SA clearly goes down so initially Coot does not point to the spot okay goes to VR and VR ignores it but so then how did as they get to the floor and if he's on the floor then give him a yellow card could he die that's what Partey and the rest of them wanted to have mm-hmm. um so just send it to VAR let him go and look at it again and then he can decide at that point you know what I'm sticking with my decision which most of them don't. They usually change it when they go VR. But they, he can he can be have the nerve to stay. Okay, I like my first call, but didn't say the monitor, which is very frustrating. Normally, I don't get on referees, but even like I said, going back to Andros, Andros Townsend, before they even went to VR, I said that's a penalty. You can see where he's taken down both the rice mm-hmm. part and the parte part. So I don't understand how it's not a penalty. It's just frustrating because Car is one hundred percent right. It works in other countries. It works in big events. It works at the Euros, at the World Cup, very very well. The way England uses VR doesn't work because the referees in the VIR room and referees on the pitch just aren't good enough. Yeah, I think that's fair. And look, there's obviously, you know, you, you like to think that it's consistent and people do this whole, it's, you know, it evens itself out through the course of the season, human error, all this kind of stuff. But, you know, it, just, it really does feel like something needs to be done about it. And, you know, it, it, work, it does work both ways to some degree because I think we'll all, as much as we don't have any sympathy, I'm sure, we can all look at the sending off for Arsenal and, you know, it's it's nice to have a light-hearted moment because it was very, very funny. And, you know, right. the, the letter of the law is applied in the in the second challenge, right? The pullback should be a yellow card. It's ridiculously soft, but it should be. Um, but I think the, the most amusing part is obviously Tomiyasu being booked for holding onto the ball for a throw-in for eight seconds when Havertz had had it for something like 24. Yeah, exactly. um, and I think that's the funny. We can all agree that that's pretty amusing um, and say no more about it than that um, from from the Arsenal perspective. But from our perspective, obviously, it gave us... Well, we thought it gave us a big opportunity. That's the thing, you know? Um, so 67 minutes, Arsenal go down to... 10 men so you know they start they started the process of, of making changes pretty quickly um i think you know they, they recognized within i think two minutes uh they they brought on gabrielle didn't they um trying to think who came off um was the other no it was the other gabrielle wasn't it they, martinelli yeah they brought so they brought yeah. uh, they they lost a defender. They brought off an attacker, uh, and, and brought on a defender. Right, good good tactic. So um, seventy three minutes, seventy four minutes. We took off a midfielder and put on a midfielder. Okay, um, and admittedly, good good change. You know, Schlupp had had a bad game. He touched in his 
74 minutes on the pitch. He touched the ball 24 times um, with a pass completion of 87.5, which wasn't terrible, actually. It's, it's not too bad. Um, but, but yeah, 24 touches um, off the football um, Hambo, in that period of time. By the way, yep. I, I wrote down he touched 18 by halftime. Okay. I didn't realize that, by the way, you just said that. I wrote that down. You had 18 touches in the first half. So, wow. 18 touches first half. Well, that that means six touches in the second half. So, six touches uh, by by 74 minutes, from 45 to 74. I can't do the maths. I'm too tired. But, um, you know, that's uh, so that's why, why that was a good change to make. But it came after Arsenal had already made their... Uh, their change. Arsenal then brought Jorginho on from Ketia, so uh, striker off, midfield player on. Um, right. And then uh, we went to the 83rd minute where yeah. we took Joel Ward off, a defender, and put on Jezrek Zaki, uh, a forward. And, you know, we had seven minutes of, of added on time, so in fairness, he got 14 minutes, but I think, you know, the reflection I've had of the game, the, the frustration that didn't go away was how long it took us to act. Um, and when you look at the impact of that, the, you know, the Ahamada change, it did, it did make a difference. You know, he, he got on the ball pretty well. He had 20 touches in the time he was on the pitch, got involved at the right end of the pitch. Not perfect every time or anything like that. A couple of times it was a bit heavy on the touch, a couple of times... The pass wasn't quite right, but made a real impact, I think, off the bench. Uh, and, you know, Raksaki, you know, was attacking, tried to put the ball in the box a few times, tried to to kind of add to the pressure that was on Arsenal. But, I mean, Patrick, I know you feel as I do that that was, that was just inaction and there's no real excuse for it. Um, but have you got, have you got anything you want to add? <laughs> I mean, no, I, I really I really would like to have seen um, Ahamada and Rakhay come on earlier. I will praise Roy for actually making those two subs because I didn't expect them to come on. Honestly, I didn't. Um, looking at my notes from yesterday, I noticed that by the 87th minute, we had 82% possession during the course of that red card. For that 15 or 20 or so minutes, we had 82% possession, and but yeah. really had maybe, I think it was two or three shots. So yeah. possession was great. Um but again, I, I loved, I just, I'm going to say it again. I love Andros, who's on Cocom. He made a comment about um, how defensively solid we are. But with a man up, he knows, because he played on the way, that we don't, we don't work on the attacking part of the game as much. And what was coming mm-hmm. through was that a lot of the attacking patterns of play you were seeing were what, what you had learned under Vieira, because that's what Vieira, Vieira was more of an attacking coach, which is interesting to say, you know, say it during the match. But that was the frustration that, you know, I love Raksaki and Ahamada coming on, but I just didn't see any other, like, changes. Like, uh, someone said, why don't we just put maybe the one of St. Halves at striker, move him up with Edward. We didn't have a striker on the bench except for uh, John Kamani Gordon. Again, he's not going to go with a yeah. second youth player. You know, have another striker up top. We had the man advantage. And again, at the end of the game, um, also had eight defensive players on the pitch and one attacking player. So every change yeah. that they made, Jorginho, et cetera, all defensive players, and they had one attacking player. I think it was Sack was like my last person left on the pitch. I might not, yeah, I think it was the last one I was left on. So it was like, just go for it, you know, go with three at the back. But again, I mean, that's not our strong suit. And I guess I, I just remember in the past, though, whether it's on the road or anybody, we just don't do well with a man up. Even the cup final, we were man up in the cup yeah. final, but it didn't help us. So there's that. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's, it's fair. You know, bottom line is team, when teams come and ask Palace to break them down, it's been difficult for us to do so. And that's been the been a pattern for a very long time the very best teams can do it. And that's why they're consistently up there at the top of the league. And we're just yeah. not there. Um, and you mentioned it and, and this, you know, this takes us sort of neatly into a, into a decent position. So just, we're going to, you know, look at the fact that, you know, Roy had something to say about Arsenal and their ability to, to change things. That last substitution they made was a triple sub where they just brought defenders on, for, you know, Saka came off, Odegaard came off, I think. Um, it was a triple double substitution. Um, so yeah, Odegaard and, and Saka off. A couple of the more defenders on just just really just saw the game out. Um, and, oh, it was and, Havers, know, by had... way. Sorry, he was allowed to tackle was on the field. So it was Havers, not Saka. You're right. Sorry about that. It was Havers that was left on the pitch, right? Yep, yep, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. So, um, and yeah, so Roy very much, um, 
you know, kind of looking at their bench and um, feeling a little jealous. So we'll, we'll have Roy's comments in just a bit. But Cara had the opportunity to, or opportunity or misfortune, one of those two words, to speak to um, an Arsenal fan about their views on the match. So let's hear what happened there. Thank you for joining us uh, off the back of what I was hoping was going to be a bit more of a fun one for me coming up to this. <laughs> but isn't. Anyway, you're an Arsenal fan. Uh, why do you support Arsenal? Tell us the story. What what do Arsenal mean to you? Yeah, no. So quite briefly, I'm, I'm born and raised an Arsenal fan. My uh, my uncle took me to my first game in 2003, so I was what nine years old, and and this was um, this was you know quite close to, of course, that famous year, quite 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 close to it. And my love of uh, Henri just hooked me onto the team, and, and I've been on that wild ride since. Um, of, of, of course, it's not been perfect, but you know the uh, the fun of football is the ups and downs and Arsenal have truly um, provided me more downs than ups but but of course we persevere we persevere don't we <laughs> you make it sound like it's fought like relegation battle team <laughs> <laughs> it's not that bad I mean have you recovered from last season though is what I should ask first I guess before we get onto the game yeah, um, I've, I I feel like we went on a fantastic run. Of course, we fumbled in the end, but there was so much more to, of course, learn. Um, we still have a very young and vibrant team. And, um, have you got this written huh? somewhere? No, no I, I really don't. Lessons learned. No, <laughs> no, 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 it's hours of mulling about, you know, the absolute heartbreak of last season and, and just realizing, look, um, they're still young. They're still fantastic. We've got, we've now, um, br- we brought in some great players. We've got that depth. We've got a Champions League, and I think we can definitely make a run for it. We can definitely do it this year. We definitely can, and beating you know quite tough teams like Palace at home um, <laughs> does does um, does. Allow us um to get those vital points that we des- that we desperately needed last season. We've we've got that grit, and you know we'll we will be holding that lovely title by the end of the season. When we're to continue, <laughs> and I'm sure you'll invite Vieira back to come and hold that trophy. Always, yeah, always, always. Where is Palace shirt? Yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> all right. Let's get on to yesterday's game. Start off with just your thoughts of the game. It was a game of yeah. a couple of different halves, wasn't it? Really. Yeah, so of course the first half was quite one-sided, but um, I believe both teams um, they they play their game well. You know, Arsenal were always going to have you know complete control of the ball and create chances, and I think I think Palace were quite straightforward in the, in the fact that they kept quite tight, they they kept quite strong, um, they were very. Defensive, and there were glimpses of absolute magic in terms of the counter attack, which um, did scare me quite a bit. Um, but quite fortunately, we cleared it out. Um, but then, you, you know, after the absolute um, catastrophe, um, once again, once again by a terrible ref, uh, poor well, Tommy Asu. You mean when he didn't give us the penalty? Is that the. <laughs> <laughs> Look, your players go down like a jail breeze. Okay, like don't don't give me that. Don't give me that. But look, the first one um was a was a slight stretch, but I'll give the ref that. But the second one, you, you, you know, just a gentle tug. It's a physical game. It's a physical game. There was a gentle ch- tug of the usher, and you know, um, a just felt just fell down like a, a ton of brick. That was an absolute um. Tra- travesty frankly um but regardless um as, as i spoke about we had real good grit um we held on palace kept kept on pounding that door but we said no 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 you aren't coming in even at even at stoppage time when you guys were so so close we <laughs> kept it tight we kept it strong and yeah it's games like that that we that we desperately need um, we weren't at our best, but we did show that we can keep things quite tight at the back. So, yeah, it's great. And you don't need to be at your best when you're at a, up against a team who has a striker who can't score. 
who you know, <laughs> towards him, takes him by surprise. So, uh, yeah, I'd say you were probably lucky that we had a, well, that we just have no attacking presence whatsoever once we've done the initial counter. But never mind, never mind. This is about Arsenal, it's not about Palace. Um, you kind of touched upon what your thoughts for Arsenal are for the season going forward. After having watched that Palace team, it's obviously early in the season, what do you reckon Palace, what position do you reckon Palace are going to be in as the season going forward? Yeah, yeah. so look, they're, um, they're also quite a young team. They're still trying to find their feet with Roy um, and I think they really did show the determination to go far of course you need a clinical striker to convert those those fantastic chances in into of course goals i wouldn't be surprised if you guys get a com- get a comfortable mid mid table or i'm talking about around 10th or 11th frankly because you also do have some very um some very weak teams um in the uh, league you can pick up some very easy points and i think you could also give other mid mid um uh, mid table teams a very good fire especially with your counter attacking pressure but once again you need a clinical striker and you need it quite soon to really convert your grit in into goals but yeah i feel like you'll do quite well this season of course you know not as great as arsenal but you guys will do extremely well this season um but yeah so so that game did show that against a top two team you held us down significantly um, and you sh- you really should be proud of that game, that the only goal that went in was a a penalty. You really would be, so, yeah. I'm just, I'm just admiring your restraint in answer to that question because I know when I ask you that question on WhatsApp, it's going to be a complete... <laughs> <laughs> what happens on WhatsApp, on WhatsApp? <laughs> when we play you next time and you like uh, voice note me saying about relegation battles I'm putting that on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> okay we'll leave it there but thank you so much for your time and fingers crossed uh, well I don't really care about Arsenal to be honest but fingers crossed <laughs> for our season uh, go somewhere go somewhere along those lines in reality um, I will catch up with you very very soon thanks Reggie no worries my pleasure cheers bye so yeah, thanks for for doing that, Cara. And you can um, also take us into our kind of next discussion, if you like, which goes back to the point we were making just before we uh, we stepped away there, which was Roy had a lot to say on, um, well, in a couple of places around our squad and around what Arsenal were able to do. So I'll, I'll take you through what he said. Roy said, when you look at Arsenal today and saw they needed some help playing with 10 men and having some pressure to deal with, it's really interesting to see the number of players they bring on and the quality of players they bring on. At the moment, we're not in that situation. We're waiting on Michael Elise and waiting on Mateus Franca. We're waiting on Will Hughes and Mateta. Uh, went down with a sore just a day ago. Had those four been around and available, I might have been saying we have plenty. But at the moment, we don't have those, so it does limit us in those attacking spheres. That's why I used the word spheres earlier on. <laughs> Roy has in, in, got into my brain. Uh, that's why we have to turn to Hamada, who has hardly played a game in the first team, and Jez Rexaki, whose last game was in the third division with Charlton. Um, I'm going to come back to those comments, but in the next thing he, uh, he also said to Sky Sports, I think it tells us the direction we need to get to. Uh, we need a little bit more help in terms of the forward areas, but we are working on that. So trying to uh, offer some uh, support as well, I think, you know, in terms of the fact that the club is trying to get people in. But, you know, he said a lot about being jealous of what Arsenal have. You can see his point, right? Yes, but... This was the point he was making when he was manager before he left and came back. Nothing changed. He knows that it's the situation he was taking on when he agreed to come back in the interim and then taking us into this season. And do any of us really think that that game is going to go massively differently if we have all of those players fit? Because I can't wait to see what he hears, what he says, sorry, when we play another team like Arsenal with those players fit and it goes exactly the same. What What's he saying then? Because those players are available. The issue isn't 
the players that we need to have fit within our squad. The issue is our squad. And the issues with our squad come from the fact that we have owners, one person running the club who doesn't want to spend money, doesn't have money to spend, whatever, who just has this fantasy that we can just keep peddling along with this squad and that anything's going to change. So, like, if I'd heard that when I heard those comments from Roy four years ago, whatever it was, yeah, I had like sympathy and was like, oh, great. Yeah, Roy, sing it from the rooftops. You know, maybe something will change. I now just think he is part of their PR machine that, like, oh, tell you what, Roy, just say this after the game. So the players, the, the fans think you're on their side and we'll just carry on spending absolutely no money, have a squad full of players who have been there too long. And nothing's going to change. And we're just going to hope that we get to 12th place <laughs> again this season and we can do the whole ride again. So, yeah, those are my I thoughts. I don't, I don't really know what Cara's hinting at. I don't know what she's trying to say. So, um, <laughs> Patrick, have, have you got any views that you want to express right now? No, because i am always been accused of being anti-Roy, anti-everybody. So, um, I'll, <laughs> we need some balance. Just, I'll, leave the, well, I'll leave the floor to Cara. Mm. Okay, I can I can take. Look, I you know I'm gonna, I'm you know I, there's I have nothing I have nothing. Um, I don't disagree with anything that he said in terms of of the fact that we have those players out. If we had those players back, we have options. You know, um, we can debate all day whether Will Hughes plays in front of Jeffrey Schlupp or you know whether Mateta plays in front of Edward or whether Franca gets a game. Um, I expect Elise to play um, when he's fit because I think he proved himself last year and, and Roy's okay with that. Um, but I think, you know, where, where you guys are coming from, I think, and where things just, you know, tend to keep going around in circular debates really is when he starts talking about, let's take, I mean, Ahamada's the a great example of where, you know, people will either agree or disagree quite on almost polar opposites. Cause he said something that's factually accurate, right? He has hardly played a game in the first team. Right. So the problem is, how do we how do we change that? Pick him more because because could that's the only way, that's the only thing you can do, isn't it? You cannot. That's the only decision that you. If you're like, okay, I don't have these players, so and I it means I'm going to have to rely on a player who's barely played for the first team. Give him some game time. Look at look at the Sheffield United game. We we talked about the players not coming off the bench. Why didn't he have thirty minutes in that game? Because you, you're you're kind of ruining the point. The point he's making is an absolutely sound one. He needs to be backed, right? He deserves to be backed. What he did at the end of last year, um, did, he deserves to be backed with a decent squad. Because then the debate's over, isn't it? You know, I don't. You know, I get accused of all sorts as well, Patrick. But I, you know, I've I've said repeatedly, time and time again, that Roy Hodgson is a good manager. I said that. He's he has very specific things that he does that I don't necessarily agree with, but he's a far better football manager than I'll ever be. He knows far more about the game than I ever do. So I, I respect him, 100% respect him. But I want him to have the tools because if he has the tools and he does a great job, I win. And if he has the tools and he does a terrible job, I'm right and I win. So, you know, it doesn't bother me. You know, so right right now, I have, it's the worst situation for me because he doesn't have the tools. So I can't, I can't really blame him for any of this and I don't want to. I think he, he works really well with what he's got. I don't think there are many managers that we could have appointed that that give you that performance with that squad. I think doesn't necessarily what I'm saying is it doesn't necessarily mean you wouldn't get a result with another manager. I'm saying if you take the kind of pragmatic, organized approach with that squad against Arsenal, that's probably near enough as good as you're gonna get. Patrick doesn't like this, Patrick. No, I think that's a great point, but I'm thinking now about Vieira a year ago. Basically, mm. the same thing. Complained about the squad. Uh, Try to be pragmatic with, you know, that awful run and then gets himself mm. fired. But again, there were times when he went very pragmatic, you know, low block, counter attack, which what was not what he'd like to do. Because we all know the year before, I don't care about mm. like, we love the football that we played. But yeah. so you're absolutely right. I mean, he's the best what he has. But again, it's funny how the a year later, the board still has to address that issue of, Squad is not good enough. Yet the 11, eh, 10 or 9 might be good enough. Was last year with Zaha and Alusay fit. But this squad right now is not going to be able to compete because Roy is doing a great job with what he has. We could do a better job with a better squad. So give him the tools, as you just said. Yeah. But I also just, I just don't want, I, I, I don't want to hear it from Roy now. I, I like, I wanted to hear it from him four years ago, but I don't want to hear it because you've taken on the job knowing this is what you're going to get. So get on with it. 
I, like, I'm, I'm so bored, so bored of it because he's not doing it because he mm. thinks he's going to get a reaction from Parish because he would have already agreed with Parish what he's getting for this year. And this is what you've got. So keep Raksaki, don't put him out on loan, then play him for more than eight minutes or 14, whatever he got with the injury time. I, 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 it infuriates me, as you can see, because I just mm-hmm. hate it when it's very clear what the conversations are that they've had behind the scenes. It's very clear that, like, Steve is not going to have said to Roy, yeah, 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 we'll give you money. Yeah, you can bring in star striker. We're going to give you loads of options. You know, you're going to have options so that if you go down to 10 men, you can bring on three subs and they're going to be great. No, that's not the conversation they would have had. It's not the agreement they've got. So he signed up to this, played the the game the way that he's played it, fine. I, like, I think your your point is, is right, Hambo. I think, you know, who is going to play that so differently is why I'm not particularly kind of feeling one way or another about the game itself but then just own that Roy in your comments don't come on and blame it on a squad that you're never going to have that you were never promised just own it that that's as good as you're going to get that's as good as we're going to get for all the time that this is the situation we're in I think and until somebody can prove differently you know obviously you've got every right to that view as has anybody who agrees with you you know um because the, the, demonstrably, the, the signings haven't been there. Um, you know, we've skipped January windows pretty much. Um, and that's probably not completely fair, but, but near enough. But yeah, and, then, but the, and the summer windows, it's been a lot of late business. Did, you know, did a couple of things this year very early. You know, Lerma's a great signing. Franca prom- sorry, Franca promises a lot. But as yet, um, you know, we haven't, we haven't got to see him. So jury's still out there. But yeah, we have gone in. We ended a season playing pretty well with a manager happy with a squad, and we're not in that place now. And we we only have a you know a week and a bit to do something about that. So, and if we don't, you know that what you just said there, Carl, we can play on on loop. You know, <laughs> um, and the only time he's really expressed irritation was was with Elise being rumored to go because I'm pretty sure that was the one where he was like. Okay, nobody told me that was going to happen. I know, yeah. I knew everything else, but he was he was absolutely downright furious when it looked like Elise was off. So perhaps there's a, a bit of truth in what you say. But look, I'm not going to go on too long. Obviously, we've been linked with a, a fairly significant amount of players. It does seem to be a lot of the same players going around on a loop. Um, you know, in this last few days alone, Dean Henderson coming in as a keeper, all sorts of stuff. You could talk about that. He, he wants to be first choice somewhere, so. Does that mean, you know, Sam loses his place if he comes in? But clearly a Guaita replacement. Uh, we've been linked with Jed Spence as a right back, potentially on loan, because obviously we lost out on um, Lewis Hall, who was oh, going to be yeah. left back or centre mid. Um, basically the Schlupp replacement we were going to get from from Chelsea, who's now joined Newcastle. Um, signed an eight-year contract and then left permanently, which is, you know... <laughs> loan with obligation to buy madness was going on over there i really don't know what's happening um lots of things yeah wilfred uh nonto um i can't remember who else others others che adams keeps coming back up doesn't he uh, and um uh, from forest um what's his name um dennis emmanuel dennis oh Sorry, yeah emmanuel dennis yeah. That would be a great one because yeah. I like him because one, I think Roy knows him obviously from Watford, but more importantly, mm. he's got that versatility. He can play across the front line. And so if he's not going to yeah. buy, you know, two players up front, he'd be great. He could actually cover as a striker and obviously left and right wing. So I'd love Dennis. Mm. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'd love that that link, that player. Sorry. There we go. Anyway, I think that is more than enough from us. Um, it's uh, we've, we've certainly done more than we intended to do, so I'm gonna gonna end it there. So, um, okay. thank you very much indeed to Cara and Patrick for joining me today. Thanks to you for listening to the show, uh, and obviously everybody who gets in touch with us. We didn't get to any contact. In fact, I didn't really ask for any. It's been that kind of a week. Um, you know, we're recording this on um, on a Tuesday because the game was on a Monday night, and the preview team are going to be recording their show uh tomorrow as we speak which is on the wednesday which will be with you pretty soon and that's uh looking ahead to brentford away brentford away plymouth what's happening with plymouth that's the week after right something like that that's the week after 29th yeah yeah there is also the women's team have their first game on sunday 
Yeah, Man United. Man United is the manager. A new manager. The new assistant manager today announced today. Yeah. Yeah. Some exciting things. New new manager, new director of women's football, whatever they've called the role. Uh obviously we've got um Paige coming back from her World Cup debut, so that's exciting. Yeah. So lots of exciting uh, women's team stuff to look out for over the next couple of weeks. Fantastic. Well, can't wait. And uh yeah, so we'll um, we'll be back with you in a in a couple of days with the preview podcast. Uh, obviously check out everything on YouTube D, Patrick and everybody else doing a wonderful job over there as always sometimes we get allowed to pop up there don't we, you know like, I don't know if this, any of this might end up I have a there. question go on, what's up I have a question, are we going to do a uh, another live YouTube transfer deadline day show, that was a fun I mean, that sounds <laughs> fun, doesn't no it um, can you ask DR <laughs> you just, very nicely if he'll let me on just leave oh, it rolling because nothing's going to happen, right? We can all just <laughs> We had on. one, Cara. We were on for four hours and we didn't sign one player. I watched it. Yeah. No, I watched that one, actually. I watched that one. Yeah, I did. No, it was very good. Oh, that was, was hilarious. Good. I have start. I did start oh, to feel God. in the end because we used to do them, you know, and, <laughs> and you know, Cow Steve bells. would pop up, wouldn't he, and tell us what was going on. And uh, those those were the good old days, right? Where we good would know, days, yeah. we'd know quite. Uh, and then I started to feel like, okay, because we're doing this show, they're not going to do anything, just so we have to sit here for four hours and talk about nothing. Um, <laughs> but there we go. Um, anyway, I've tried to I've tried to end a couple of times, so I'm I'm just going to end. Um, um, I've got a, the trouble is because the sentence I'm trying to say is until then. Thanks again and coming to Palace. So I probably need to say something that allows me to to say that word. So um, hold on a second. I'm f***ing going to park. You can't <laughs> and until then, come on, you Palace. It's the ninetieth minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.